Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Graham Farmelo will join us to discuss the universe speaks in numbers. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Our math-based theories about the universe and physics leading scientists astray. Conventional wisdom is that they are. Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Graham Farmelow. Dr. Farmelow is the author of several books, including The Strangest Man, which won the Los Angeles Time Book Prize. He is currently a fellow at Churchill College at the University of Cambridge and an affiliated professor at Northeastern University and a regular visitor to the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton. He has written the new book, The Universe Speaks in Numbers, how Modern Math Reveals Nature's Deepest Secrets. And Dr. Farmelow, we want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Delighted to be here. Well, this is certainly a very fascinating book in which you talk about the links between math and physics. I'm curious why you decided to write this book. Sure. Uh, well, uh, for, for a long time, uh, p- uh, people tried to uh, discover the fundamental laws of nature had sought clues directly from nature in terms of experiments and ob- observations. And you, you, you can think of those as a, of a, of a trying to understand a pattern at the heart of nature, so to speak, between these observations and measurements that, that we make. And the job of the theoretician is to try to identify those patterns uh, ma- uh, mathematically. Right? So you have sort of, uh, Newton discovers the law of uh, gravity, Einstein a better law, and then and, and so on. Now. This has uh, this has not been easy in the last uh, thirty or forty years in, in in basic physics because there have been very few real surprises that have enabled uh, theorists to you know to to, to build on uh, you know to build new new theories. But there is a, there is a way forward. The best theories that we have uh, that we that we're still trying to improve on. Are Einstein theory of gravity and the so-called uh, standard model, the, uh, the, uh, the theory of the forces that hold together the atom. Now, those are both, both of those theories have rich mathematics. They're cast in rich mathematical form that you can develop. You can actually build upon, build a more general case on. Now, what uh, physicists are now doing is investigating those theories, the, the mathematics of those theories, trying to develop those theories uh, it, it, so that they're prepared for the next experimental clues. So we're mining the mathematical content of those, of, of, of those theories. So do you think the physics can ever catch up to what the math is showing? Well, let's be really clear that, uh, that, that uh, our understanding of nature is always judged by how well it accounts for experiment. Experiment is the final judge. We must be clear about that, right? But it's a fair question to say, uh, bearing in mind that we, the, the best theory we have at the moment uh, of, uh, that unifies our understanding of the fundamental for, uh, um, 
theories of nature is the string framework, sometimes called string theory. Now, that theory lives, it's, it's most obviously set out at very, very high energies that are inaccessible directly to our experimenters today. And that's why people, you often hear people say that it's going to be uh, it, perhaps impossible to test those theories at that, 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 that framework at those very high energies. Now, uh, it is certainly true that it's going to be a challenge, but it's nonetheless uh, also true that we can look at the uh, in, uh, the uh, consequence of that of, of that framework at lower energies and investigate it in that way. But but you you are it is certainly true that uh, it's proving a lot more difficult than we hoped to get ex, uh, experimental access to our, uh, our our new our new theoretical ideas. That is certainly true. So are there any real-world predictions from these mathematical models that can actually be tested experimentally? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I, uh, I would say that uh, I, I know, I know you, the way you characterize it. I mean, uh, you, you, you're giving quite a general characterization. I don't, don't blame you for that. But in fact, it, it is a beautifully set-out mathematical theory. It's amazingly consistent, very, very beautiful construction. Uh, it could have fallen apart a hundred times, and it hasn't done so far. Uh, no, uh, no experiments directly proved it wrong. There are absolutely, unquestionably problems in, uh, of dealing with that theory. No question. I mean, linking it, for example, as you say, to uh, uh, to low energies where our our experimenters can actually actually test it. Um, but uh, it, the other thing about it is, while we're trying to uh, uh, make it link with the real world, it has been fantastically useful in mathematics. The great mathematician, uh, Sir Michael Atiyah, I spoke to him just a few months ago before he died, and he said although he hadn't worked in uh, the string framework, right, it was a Klondike for mathematicians. No framework in the history of physics had ever given rise to more useful mathematics that he and his superstar colleagues could actually mine. So it has been uh, useful, in, uh, incredibly useful in mathematics. Now, it's a matter of faith uh, that uh, to whether that usefulness in mathematics is in some sense an indication that the theory uh, is, is worth investigating as a theory of nature. The, the, uh, the great theoretician Paul Dirac believed in just that. He believed that what was interesting to mathematicians tended to be very, very useful to physics and vice versa. So uh, that philosophy, if that's the right way to, uh, to, to describe it, is, is partly what is driving uh, theoreticians to take string theory seriously it has enormous potential, not just mathematically, but as a theory of, of physics. I would say one thing that's really, really important to, uh, to grasp here, that these theories are not just dreamt up out of nowhere. They're not just somebody sitting down writing out some new set of symbols all right, and just hoping for the best. They are fundamentally based on the two most successful theories of modern physics. That's quantum mechanics, which is the theory of, uh, of, uh, of matter at the atomic scale, and the special theory of relativity, which governs the, uh, which describes motion, or a uniform motion uh, in, in space-time, and is a modification of our ordinary understanding of space and time. No, no one has ever found, ever done an experiment that has proved quantum mechanics or special relativity wrong in any way. And yet all the, the, the great developments in modern theoretical physics basic theoretical physics are based fundamentally on those theories. That's what, that's what anchors them in reality. That's 
string, uh, the string framework is a classic example of that. So are there other possible frameworks that can derive from those two theories? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let's leave aside the string framework for just a second. There's an enormous amount of work being done on what, what is called quantum field theory. That is it's a rather forbidding name, but it's the, 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 the kind of theory that describes the fundamental interactions responsible for what hold atoms together, stuff that, that makes us up, makes the, most of the universe or much of the universe up, right? Now, that kind of model be amazingly successful, right? And that, um, that kind of uh, field theory, which is simply a development, incidentally, a modern development of the theory of electromagnetism in the 19th century, right? that, uh, that theory uh, is, uh, is being developed by thousands upon thousands of talented theoreticians these days, right? Now, they are all basing those speculations on quantum mechanics and special relativity. Those are the two guide, guide rails that keep, uh, keep the thing grounded in reality. And when those speculations lead to strange new things, these peculiar object, um, um, mathematical objects that arise in the string framework, for example, that, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's their foundation in reality that, that make us take those things seriously, even though they haven't had the imprimatur of experiment yet. So how might we sort out among competing different elegant mathematical theories? Well, uh, the, uh, it, it, in my view, and I, and I and certainly this is not, not spoken, I'm, I'm not a, a, a world expert on string theory by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, the, the clear consensus of the community is that the string framework is the only interesting generalization of the uh, of the field theory that, that, that experimenters have, have verified for, for, for tens of years uh, at the atomic at the atomic level. Now there are other uh, uh, there, there are a small number of other competitors, but uh, I can certainly say, uh, hand on my heart, that um, the overwhelming majority of, of leaders in in the field right, do not take those. itself can just be appreciated for its own elegance. Yeah, yeah, that, you, that's true, that's true, and mathematicians, uh, there are plenty of mathematicians, and I meet, I'm, I'm here in Princeton now, and I meet them all the time, who, uh, who aren't that interested in physics, right, but just love mining these theories of physics for the mathematics. That's what drives them on. Uh, but if you are to call yourself a physicist and you're interested in, uh, your ultimate aim is to understand the real world, the underlying patterns that uh, that, uh, that underlie the, 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 the world around us, then your highest priority is to make is to account for that real world. It's not the mathematics, right? Uh, so what we're seeing today, 
right, is this growth in this, uh, is the overlapping, uh, the overlapping territory between physics and mathematics, where there's a self-interest in mathematicians studying physics, physics studying mathematics, uh, and uh, and everything uh, around that. Do you see what I mean? They are coming together of these subjects, which is so exciting. To me, this is one of the most exciting areas of, of modern science. So what do you think the future holds then for math and physics? Well, uh, I, I have to say uh, that all predictions about the future of science are wrong. Right? I mean, that, that maybe is too drastic, but it's a mug's game to be too confident. But in the spirit of a, a friendly interview, I will, <laughs> I will have a go, but there's big health warning uh, on it. I mean, what I, what, uh, what I believe is that in the long term, and we have to be patient in physics, we've had a long run of very, very successful interplay between uh, between theorists and experimenters, right? Uh, but we're short of clues now. In the long run, I suspect that these predictions, like the, the fundamental symmetry, uh, symmetry of nature that is conjectured supersymmetry, will be discovered in some form, that uh, the string framework will be seen to uh, be relevant to nature, that, uh, the, that our understanding of that quantum field theory that is used to describe the structure of atoms will be understood much more deeply and in a simpler way so the calculations are much simpler. So I think there's a lot of promising signs there uh, that, uh, that, that I suspect will be realized uh, in, in the future. What, we, what would be the most fun of all, of course, would be to find that, uh, that, you, that things are not exactly as we thought, right, uh, and get some clues from nature that will, will, will put us on, uh, on a better track. I mean, we must be, always be clear, right, that we're trying to, we're, we're servants of nature. We are trying to understand, basically, the, 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 world, the, world, the universe as it is. And uh, uh, mathematics is a very useful tool, I argue, in that, but ultimately we answer to experiments. All right, we were just talking with Dr. Graham Farmelow. He's the author of the new book, The Universe Speaks in Numbers, How Modern Math Reveals Nature's Deepest Secrets. And Dr. Farmelow, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grox Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at grox.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. <laughs>